Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, Season 4, Episode 10, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, and Happy New Year, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna Roller Game, and their Mad for Footy Boy Game. So they're kicking big bags of goals, making turnovers at critical times, and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired ball game is all about. And you can find the one at Roller Games on Instagram, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au. That's R-O-L-L-A. To find out a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a mad for footy board game for you and the family. Now... I really do hope that uh, you've had the most amazing start to your new year, only one day in. Hopefully you all saw it in, but um, there was plenty of sport, WA domestic sport, that happened across from last weekend right up to the weekend just gone uh, last night on Sunday. In fact, there were three matches that happened uh, Sunday afternoon into Sunday evening. But we're going to kick it off with a little bit of cricket and our Perth Scorchers. A little too full! Way back! It's six! And that's in the air, but that's away. Ashton Turner is doing it for Perth. Six, four, nearly there. Eight off eight. Up, up. All the way. Yeah, right, so the Perth Scorchers have actually, since the start of the 2021 calendar year, they've won 14 of their last 15 games at Optus Stadium, an absolute Fortress there, uh, and of course, Optus. Uh, but next up on the menu was the Renegades on the now annual fixture on the calendar on Boxing Day. This game was way closer than it should have been, both with some uncharacteristic fielding errors from the team in orange and lapses, and I guess a bit of a disastrous and chaotic middle and lower order batting collapse in their batting innings that we'll get to very soon. Now, the match could not have started any worse uh, for the Perth Scorchers as they were sent into bat, quickly falling to two for four for yet another revival of their innings from new captain Aaron Hardy and vice-captain Josh Inglis putting on a 122-run partnership and having the team cruising towards a 180-190 target at the 14-over mark with the power surge just started and still up their sleeve. However, he just couldn't predict the collapse and absolute fall of wickets that happened from 4 for 157 at 16.5 overs to then lose 7 for 5 from just 18 deliveries. That's right, 18 balls. They lost seven wickets for only five runs. Surreal, and you thought then maybe their their target of 162 was simply not going to be enough on what has clearly been a very, very good pitch of recent times. Now, Melbourne got to a really safe and assured position under the guidance of Joe Clark and WA fan favourite Sean Marsh. But as soon as those two wickets fell, the Renegades themselves succumbed to the pressure, uh, losing four for 20 at the back end of the innings to just just run out of steam. Uh, Aaron Hardy made 57 of 41 and Inglis 64 of 44. Whilst in the bowling department, Jason Berendorf picked up 1 for 23 at 5 for 5.75 economy and a masterful bowling display. And you throw an AJ tie 2 at the end, picking up some closeout wickets to finish with 2 for 21 at our 5.25 himself. Now, next up for the Perth Scorchers, uh, they're actually playing on Wednesday. Um, at Perth Stadium, and myself, uh, I'm going to be going to that match as well. So I'll get to see two matches this season. Very, very happy about that. And the Perth Scorchers are seeing not too bad. They're sitting second on the ladder, still chasing, though, the Brisbane Heat. Uh, so in what looms as possibly a rematch of last year's BBL decider. But now we're going to leave it for cricket. Let's talk a little bit of ABL, the Australian Baseball League. And, of course, that means it's time to talk about our Perth Heat.
It's up in the air, and all you can do is watch. It's two home runs in a game for Jake Bowie. Now he punches this one. Deep right center field. Campbell looks up. That ball's gone. Three-run shot, Jake Bowie. Bowie goes bang. He's going to give this a shot. Now, next up for the Heat was bottom place Canberra. And the first match could not have gotten off to a worse start for the Perth team. Or at least in the end, that's what ended up happening. As both teams shut up shop and pitched really well with no runs in sight through seven completed innings. The eighth, however, was the game changer as Canberra hit in seven runs in the second last innings to put the game essentially beyond doubt. Adding in more in the ninth to walk away victorious 8-0. Leaving the Heat to pick up the pieces on Friday. But they did just that, just not as convincingly as the Cavalry did the previous night. However, a win is a win, uh, and they led uh, they led 3-2 going into the fifth innings, added one more run in the seventh before um, both teams closing out. With the fun fact being the Heat had actually 11 to five hits, but they just couldn't turn it into enough runs. But nonetheless, they leveled the series one all going into the Saturday double header, uh, with two score lines falling in favour of Perth and similar in numbers and telling similar stories. Uh, firstly, the 4 p.m. game had Perth up 4-1 at the end of the first before a mini fight back from the Cavalry, drawing the deficit back to one going into the fourth innings as the Heat responded, knocking in two more runs as a result, as a result of a really terrific home run uh, leading to an eventual 6-4 victory um, at the end of the seventh. Uh, to the 7pm game, the second of the doubleheader. And the result was similar as discussed earlier. A 6-3 win this time. Uh, Perth got to their early lead, uh, going up 3-0 after two innings. Uh, the team was going blow for blow um, before... In the fifth innings, there was just one run apiece. Uh, and then at the conclusion of the eighth, saw the score as it finished, 6-3, uh, with the only remaining challenge for the Heat was to close out the Cavalry um, in the ninth, three outs, and they did just that. Uh, this gave yet another 3-1 series win to the Perth Heat, actually making it nine wins and just three losses across their past three series, and jumping up to equal second, just one game behind top-of-the-table Adelaide Giants as well, ahead of a mouth-watering series uh, up against equal top-two team, the Brisbane Bandits. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be terrific watching there. All right, uh, let's now finish off with baseball and head to the pitch talk a little bit of Perth Glory women. Striking from range. Oh, my. Grace Charlie. Take a bow. Unbelievable strike. Coming in at a rate of knots. And the World Cup hero goes bang. Now, this was the first of the doubleheader between the Perth Glory and Central Coast Mariners as the women kicked off the back-to-back -back games up in Gosford. And they didn't take long as well to get on the board, scoring in the seventh minute through Millie Farrow, albeit by a howler of a mistake in the harder defence for the Mariners, deflecting an attempted clearance um, that that uh, ended up being blocked right into the net. And what a start for the women in purple. Our goalkeeper Morgan Aquino was called into play on a couple of occasions in the first half in particular to stop the Mariners' solid attempts on goal. But uh, she kept up her high-class season to date. And as a result, she actually had 10 saves in the match. So she was the key just to, um, for the most part, keeping the sheet reasonably clean. But our Central Coast, though, they were set to strike back 10 minutes into the second half through a scramble on the goal line and an inability from the glory to clear the dangerous ball in their main defensive third, but thankfully the goal was disallowed due to an offside position. 
but the glory would make them and the glory would make the Mariners pay in the 65th minute with a superb cross on the right-hand side from Captain Tash Rigby to the back corner uh, with the first goal scorer, Millie Farrow, uh, doubling her uh, her tally for the day, actually just waiting before heading home in the roof of the net to give Perth a 2-0 advantage. Uh now, the game was not over from there with one final twist, and this time the Mariners couldn't be denied in the 68th minute with a terrific counter-strike. However, the Glory rallied to hold on to what would be an eventual 2-1 victory. To the tail of the tape, this was a game where the Glory took the minimal chances that came their way and made them count, which was reflected in the 4-22 goal attempts, 4-11 to shots on goal, 0 shots off goal. Uh, the Central Coast had 6 blocked shots, Two to eight corner kicks uh, reinforced with Glory having to clear the ball 24 times out of their defence during the match. And they had just eight. Eight clearances. Uh, as in the, the Central Coast, of course. Um, and they were minus 42, the Perth Glory, in dangerous attack. So this was a game that they should not have won. They had no uh, no reason or you know claim to be winning, but... Good teams make it count, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they actually moved to within three points of Melbourne City in second place, uh, as in the Perth Glory are in second place. Melbourne City sitting top at the moment. Uh, they are four points ahead, the glory of third. And it was an important away victory to maintain their pressure at the top of the table with the Western Sydney Wanderers ahead back home next Sunday at 7pm. Uh, we're going to make our way back from the pitch before coming back to talk to the men. But this time, we're going to head to the court and talk a little bit of Perth Lynx. It's been a good response from the Caps. Atwell getting hot. Chipatoni from the corner in game 100. Still alive for Perth. There's the height of... Now, the Canberra Capitals were next up for the Perth Lynx in their third of their run of straight home games, which I had gone two for two so far. And whilst it wasn't a great start heading into the first break, down by 12 points, this is going back to last Wednesday, uh, eventually coming back from 17 points down as the girls finally switched on in the second term and began to play a bit more Lynx basketball, turning the screws on the Capitals, reducing the deficit to four points at half-time. They took a five-point lead into the last 10 minutes of the match and came back from a mini-deficit at the beginning of the fourth to eventually run out eight-point winners. Uh, the length shot at 39% or 9 of 23 from three-point land. Not too bad, uh, but just 17 of 30 at 56% from the free-throw line. It's just not ideal. Um, but really where they took control of the game was second-chance points, putting on 26 to 13. Uh, they did have plus 7 fast-break points, uh, with most other key metrics relatively even. Uh, Captain Annalie Maley, uh, she led the way, especially in the second quarter, eventually tallying 17 points, 15 rebounds, uh, 6 of them being offensive boards, just a walking double-double machine, uh, 7 of 14 from the field. And 100-gamer Alex Shibatoni, she led the way with 7 assists, uh, which was actually second top for the game. But player of the match clearly was Vice-Captain Amy Atwell, shooting at another level. She had 36 points, 7 of 14 from the field, uh, plus 15 plus minus. She also had 6 three-pointers too, so she was on fire. Now, a, a huge blow. Unfortunately, Airy McDonald uh, in the game just before quarter time, went down hard on her knee as it was trapped underneath the Canberra Capitals player. She left the game, came back after half-time on crutches, with subsequent scans revealing a mild medial collateral ligament tear 
and her scheduled return is set to be back in February upon the beginning of the finals should the Lynx make it. So that's the update for Aerie. And for a really big blow. So they've got to play all of January without a bit. You know, it is what it is, and uh, let's see how good they can be. And what a challenge ahead, though, as they took on ladder leaders, Townsville, in two away clashes, the first on Sunday, and they're just not up to that level for the time being. Albeit missing one of their most important players in area, they actually fell 64 to 87. But um, don't let that score fool you, because they just fell away in the second half. As the scores were even keel, uh, you know, tight, heading into halftime, before putting on just 13 points in both the third and the fourth. And they lost those terms, minus 9, and the final 10 minutes, they lost at minus 14. Just as a result of good defense from Townsville, but clearly poor shooting from the Perth Lynx. They shot at 35%, only had one assist in the third term. They only had two assists, 10 to 2 turnovers, um, and then they just couldn't contain the Flames. 5 of 11 from three-point land in the fourth quarter as well. So that's the reason why they could only get 13 points. And they gave up so much. Uh, overall, they shot at 38%. 29% from three-point. Just not good enough. 12 less assists. Seven more turnovers. That turned into nine less points from turnover. Um, they had 10 more fast break points. But that's just the game that they play. So they're mostly going to have more than that than most teams. Because it's just their um, it's their DNA. Early in the fourth, the game was actually brought back to just five points. But the girls simply couldn't sustain the energy against a high-quality outfit and reigning champions in Townsville. Uh, they eventually outscored Perth for, remainder, for the remainder of that fourth quarter, 24-6. Uh, the girls still sit second, but now just are only one win ahead of third, fourth, and fifth. But they're just one win away from first as well, and they'll have a chance on Wednesday to regroup and attack that same opposition at the same venue to try and extract, extract some revenge and pay back. Uh, we're going to stay on the basketball court. Let's now talk a little bit of Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the court and building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no, here we come. Now, going from a heartbreaking overtime loss last Saturday to Melbourne United in a game where they had plenty of opportunities to win it in regulation time, and they led for large parts of the 40 minutes, but they had to move on quickly, and they took on an inconsistent but extremely talented on their day Cairns outfit in the snake pit as part of their stretch of this stretch of away games. The Wildcats essentially led from start to finish, but just could never put the Cairns away, getting out to leads of between 8 and 12, only to have the Taipans bounce back, go on mini runs to return it to 3 to 5 points on numerous occasions, only for Perth to just keep them away in that bay, sort of just keeping them at arm's length. Now, Perth started off this game with a game jumping out to a nine-point lead to quarter time. In fact, in that first quarter alone, they shot at 10 of 11 from uh, from the free throw. Five of 12 two-pointers up against Cairns. Two of 15 could not uh, make a bucket, especially in the paint as well. Uh, they extended that lead to 11 points, so 9 to 11 going into halftime. They still retained their quarter-time lead of nine points uh, before withholding and withstanding one final push right down to the last couple of minutes from Cairns to eke out a much-needed 105 
102 victory. This game was highly officiated, shall we say, resulting in 79 free throws between the two teams, as both sides shot at a high 90%. But to where the game was decided, well, there was 47% from the field from Perth. That actually helped them across the entire game. Um, still 31% from three-point lands, not ideal. And... To be honest, um, they still won the rebound count too. Plus 8 in rebounds, plus 9 in defensive rebounds. The remainder of the stats, for the most part, were reasonably on par. And Bryce Cotton, he just continues to remind people that he's MVP material. And not to forget what he can do in this competition. Despite all the attention, he had 33 points, 2 steals, 3 of 7 from 3-point land. And most of his points coming from 14 of 14 from the free throw line. And Keanu Pinder against his old team, he played a pivotal part, especially in the first half when the game was up for grabs. In just 23 minutes, he gathered 14 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, and he was plus 7 in the plus minus. But I've been a big fan of his since his late addition to the team as the final input, and maybe just needed more points input from him, as he contributed so much more in so many ways, and that's Christian Doolittle. He had 17 points, 16 rebounds, a nice double-double there. Three assists, two steals, just stuffing the stat sheet, and 7-14 from the field. In fact, in the first half, he was unreal. Now, next up was Adelaide on Thursday, and a difficult task with the team's finals hopes dead and buried, as in for the 36ers, having nothing to lose and building momentum under a new coach and confidence with the victory the week prior. But this professional outfit in red went in, took care of business, and more importantly, took the points with a convincing 100-82 victory. Going into the half, the Wildcats took a six-point lead, but then turned up the defensive pressure and offensive output, uh, putting together an irresistible 10 minutes of basketball, piling on 28 points themselves and restricting Adelaide to just nine points, increasing the lead to 25 heading into the final term. And despite a little fight back from the Sixers, they did what they needed to do, eventually winning uh, by 18 points. They shot 52% from the field, 48% from three-point land, which is really, really high, 12 of 25, and that was up against Adelaide's 20%. They shot at 16 of 17 at 94% from three-throw. Adelaide did, they, they had a dirty day, Let, let's be honest and let's not sugarcoat it. 12 of 25 from free-throw for a professional NBL team, it's not going to cut it. Uh, surprisingly, uh, the Perth Wildcats actually lost the rebound count, minus 7, and offensive rebounds, minus 8. Clearly, that was the indicator they need to work on, but thankfully, they weren't punished on giving up second-chance opportunities uh, for the 36 to score. But with a heavy travel schedule, uh, Perth's bench actually contributed 39 points, and of course, that's why Keanu Pinder didn't play as much as he normally does. Uh, Bryce Cotton was a, was a gain on song, 24 points, 6 assists, 4 of 7 from 3-point land, and 6 of 6 free throws. Whilst continuing on from the Cairns game was Christian Doolittle. He had 19 points, most of them in the first half as well. 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 7 of 11 from the field, and a massive plus 21 in the plus minus. And uh, quickly, both uh, Jesse Wagstaff and Alex Starr made it to double digits with 11 and 10 respectively. It has them sitting strongly in second, one win clear of Tasmania and Sydney for the time being, of course, with games still to play out across the weekend. Uh, and of course, on on, uh, on Monday, today, when we're recording as well on uh, New Year's Day. Next up is one hell of a challenge, albeit with a decent break in between, as Perth will get a week off to rest up and freshen up with a rampaging New New Zealand Breakers, who actually just freshly today got a win against Tasmania 
in Tasmania. Solid. Um, and they're rolling at the moment. So what a challenge for the Perth Wildcats. We're going to leave it them now. Head back to the pitch. Talk a little bit of Perth Glory Men. Glory, glory, Perth Glory. Now, the second of the doubleheader had the men hitting the pitch with their being lots of positives in the team's away form. I named them a draw. That really should have been a win going back to their away outing in Newcastle. And they got a much-needed victory before Christmas. So could the momentum continue? Well, it started off positively through co-captain Adam Taggart from a terrific cross via Johnny Contrabus in the 18th minute. And before that, though, in the fourth minute, they were actually really fortunate, the Perth Glory, not to be 1-0 down as the goalpost came into play, stopping a tap-in from Central Coast. But the luck was not to continue for the Glory, as in the 28th minute, scores were back to par. Uh, the return serve almost was on the cards from Stefan Kolokoski, a strong run into the front third, centering cross to Adam Taggart, who had just enough pressure on him to stop him from a run through the middle of the box just to get a toe on. Unfortunately, it couldn't happen. And Central Coast made them pay down the other end. We had a nice run themselves into Glory's defence on the right side, an ensuing shot that was mostly stopped by Cameron Cook, but the ball just fell loose slightly behind him, and unfortunately, the follow-up from the Mariners banged it into the net. And to rub salt in the wound in the shadows of halftime, Mark Beavers gave up a penalty via a handball in the box, trying to stop a shot. Of course, unintentionally, but it's the rule. And Cameron Cook couldn't do anything to stop picking the wrong size. So going into halftime, they were 1-3 down. What a way, though, to bounce back in the 51st minute by the team in purple. An individual bit of brilliance and some sheer determination from Stefan Kolokoski, willing his way past the defender and into a curling shot outside of the right foot. Uh, on goal into the top left net to bring them within a chance of leveling the game. And what was a really open style of play, but how it finished was not no, actually had history repeating in the form of yet another handball from Mark Beavers, resulting in a penalty and a 2 4 deficit in the 89th minute. But even with six minutes of injury time to play out, that scoreline would remain the same and confine Perth to another loss on the road this season. Uh, the stats were not in favour of the men in purple. Similarly to the women, uh, to the women, eight to four goal attempts, three to ten shots on goal, four to eight shots off goal, uh, minus eight in free kicks. Uh, the Glory were really ill-disciplined uh, too. They were called for ten yellow cards and two red cards uh, right at the very end. Uh, but I will say though, despite the shots on goal statistics uh, well in favour of the Central Coast Mariners, Perth had nine more attacks and 12 more dangerous attacks, and they forced the Mariners into 25 clearances in their defence. So certainly the case from a Perth Glory perspective, not turning that dangerous ball into attacking shots on goal. Uh, they've actually fallen back to second last at the top of the table. Melbourne victory ahead on Saturday. And we're going to leave it there for the Perth Glory men. And that's it. We're done. We're dusted. That is the end of Season 4, Episode 10, where our Perth Glory men just can't catch a break. Uh, they're just not able to make it count and keep that ball hammering into the net. Uh, our Perth Wildcats are sitting pretty in second, uh, but they've got one heck of a challenge ahead uh, against New Zealand in New Zealand. So we're really going to see uh, where they sit in the pecking order with uh, a rampaging and rolling New Zealand break. It's probably the hottest team in the competition at the moment, just outside... Um, 
outside the Perth Wildcats, probably. Uh, Perth Lynx, uh, three and zero at home, but uh, they were sort of sat on their backsides uh, by the reigning champions in Townsville. But they do get a chance to see if they can bite back and uh, see what they've got playing the same team this Wednesday night. That's actually on ESPN2. So if you're a Foxhole subscriber or you've got KO, check that out on Wednesday evening, or it's probably going to be Wednesday afternoon Perth time. Of course, the Glory Women, uh, the, 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 after that little setback last week, um, a loss to Western United, they bounced back in fine fashion, getting a 2-1 win in Gosford as part of the first game of that double header. Perth Heat, 9-3 over their last three series, but uh, just a great challenge ahead against the Brisbane Bandits. So again, very similar to the Perth Wildcats. We'll see where they really stand in the top part of the ladder. Um, and of course, the Perth Scorchers, um, they're uh, there sitting second uh having a really good season so far but you just have to keep winning in such a short short competition of 10 games so very very keen and excited to head to the adelaide game on wednesday uh, of course um we'll get some socials we'll get some photos and videos up on the socials but if you haven't already don't forget to like subscribe leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform be it apple Podcasts or spotify you can like us on facebook and you can follow us on instagram and as i said at the start of the show uh, happy new year to you hope it's a great day Hope it's a great day. Hope you're still on holiday. Don't have too much of a sore head uh, from a late night and uh, lots of lots of eating and a couple of bevies. But uh, from Adam Bath, yours truly. I'm out for now.